candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Dearly beloved, we have gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Is that what the episode's called? No, no. We are a Riverdale recap uh, podcast (laughs) talking about Chapter 41, Manhunter, written by Christine Chambers and directed by Rachel Talalay. Yes, we are. We're here to talk about it. (laughs) You seem unenthused for some reason, dear. You seem to not be in the the usual headspace. You seem out of sorts. There's a big thing that happened that has crushed me. That has ruined the whole entire episode for me. I've never been this upset about something they've done. (laughs) I guess to to remind the listeners, the reason why we're so darn prompt is that we turn the mics on almost immediately after finishing up the episode. So we're still working through our feelings and our thoughts. And sometimes there's a lot of feelings. Right now I want to cry. It's very emotional over here. I'm sorry, dear, but I'm going to have to rely on you to do the heavy lifting and tell us what happened in Manhunter. Because I take better notes. Because you take much more thorough plot-based notes. Yeah, I do. So we are in a bunker. We're in the sex bunker. The sex hole. The sex hole's circular green entrance does remind me of pipes in Mario. Yes, we're in Mario. (laughs) Uh, That's what the cake is. And and deep down in Mario land... Please uh, don't call them the Mario Land. Why not? Oh, that's that's the worst name for genitals I've ever heard. <laughs> well, the bunker is being used for not sex Con- for the first time. Convalescence, you might say. Uh, Archie and- is resting. Mm-hmm. Betty is putting a wet cloth to his brow. As our previously on montage sort of feeds into the first scene as characters are catching one another up on what's been going on lately. Betty is staring at the murder gargoyle board Mm -hmm. thing when suddenly Jughead appears. And says that he saw the gargoyle king surrounded by a circle of 20 disciples. Well, in my head, it was more. He said 10. Okay. They were all masked. And and they they looked like a gang of gargoyles. Gang of gargoyles. And uh, during this, Archie whispers, Joaquin. <laughs> yes, he is one of their number. Uh, while while they're telling Archie what's been going on while he's away, he tells them about Joaquin's betrayal and his cryptic statements. And, and how yes, Joaquin told Kevin, you know, he joined this new gang, and it, it must be that. They're all like, <gasps> yes, they are so, like, huh. So meanwhile, or later, it's actually later, Betty comes home and we see that Archie is on the front page of the newspaper. Well, he is with a, his mugshot. He's, it's not every day a murderer escapes prison. It happens more often than you'd think. <laughs> Don't pick up hitchhikers. So, so Alice is all like, where have you been? There's a manhunt for Archie. And she's all like, I didn't know he escaped until this morning. Well, you might be happy to know that the, or you might be interested to know that the, the warden killed himself with blue lips and everything. Yeah. Up to this point, up till hearing about this, they were, they were sure that the warden, the warden must be the guy in charge pulling the strings. Yes. 
bum, 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 not true. That he's probably the Gargoyle King, but like probably can't be now since he's yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that he was playing G&G. Yes. And of course, Betty's like, did you know him, mom? She's like, no. But Betty does mention that the uh, the Midnight Club was 25 years ago. So I would contend that uh, that episode was set in 1992. I believe the show right now is uh, covering the, the early fall of 2017. Okay. Uh, with uh, uh, Jason going missing uh, uh, as, you know, day zero on... Independence Day 2016, but it's our closest bet to match everything, fashion especially. Uh-huh. Good research, darling. Right, which would put this episode, like I said, in the uh, early school year uh, of 2017, 25 years ago, Midnight Club in 1992. It's solved. It's sealed. It was 1900s. <laughs> I was at a meeting, and this one woman kept talking about how Back in the 1900s. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. It was so funny. And she said it like 10 times. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, back in the sex hole, mm -hmm. the Mario Land. It really is a sex hole, because guess what's happening? Sexy time. And Veronica wants to kill Archie by rubbing her body all over his infected womb. <laughs> Wound? Wound. Infected <laughs> wound that, you know, wasn't properly taken care of by a doctor. No. Just a underage bartender. Veronica's going to get pink eye. That's all, that's all I can say. Uh, yeah, so they're having post-sexy time cuddles. You know, Archie's filling her in about how he, he might know where the Shadow Lake boys are, and they're probably in the Shadow Mines. Mm-hmm. He wants to go there, and she's like, how? How? There's a manhunt, and there's wanted posters with your strong jawline all over them. She can only talk about him in terms of his his handsome features. His abs, his jawline, <laughs> striking red hair. Chest, shoulders, all of the... Yeah, if you can't take a picture of it, she does not talk about it. Nope. Not a lot of references to his kind heart. No. So then Veronica starts thinking... She's like, well, there's got to be some way we can prove that it wasn't you. And hey, are those case files from your case still at your house? Because, you know, that's where all the lawyers hung out. <laughs> uh, well, half his legal team was from out of town. Yeah. You would think they'd go to the office of the other half, but I guess not. You'd think. And he's like, well, yeah, it's probably there, but you can't let my dad know. Mm -hmm. My daddy's been through too much. <laughs> uh, and she's like, okay, stay here. Let's have more sexy time. And they have more sexy time. Mm -hmm. So then over at school the next day, or maybe later, they could have had a really early morning sexy time. I don't know. It's I very, know. you can't tell time in the bunker. No. The I mean, sex hole is there's, timeless. There's no windows. There's no daylight. No. It could have been 2 a.m. We don't know. I have no idea. The sheriff, mean sheriff. Sheriff Minetta. Bad sheriff. Meanetta. Was at the school ripping into everyone about how some of them probably helped a murderer and he's gonna find out who. And he's and looking he, at everybody. He's like, Was it you, Reggie? Did you take the cookies from the cookie jar? Mm -hmm. Like the entire student body, 25 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Reggie's alibi is that he was watching too much pornography. Uh huh. And his browser will show it. Evelyn Ever Never is all like, I don't even know who this Archie kid is. 
Yeah, no one asked you, Evelyn. And like, yeah, no, you're new and you're weird. <laughs> you and your teen farmies. She calls them the farmies. And she's trying to recruit in the middle of this. Oh, we have openings. Th yeah, you do, because no one's showing up. That's like a derisive nickname. You don't call them, other people call them the farmies. You're doing it wrong. She's thinking she's doing what the millennials want and being cool and hip. Yep, Fortnite night at the farm. Great, love it. Yep. So then, you know, he, he looks at like, Josie. Like, well, where are you? What's your alibi? And Josie, Josie starts to crack. She has never thought she would have to answer this question. But then she is saved by a seizure. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, love, love that in all three cases, before there's a seizure, there is a, a camera tilt. The, the whole room shifts. Yeah. And this time, it, it starts well before the seizure, and you just think it's really emphasizing uh, the, the sheriff leaning in on Josie, uh, both figuratively and literally. But then, no, it does presage the seizure. So again, good job, Rachel Talalay. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming. So yeah, she has a seizure. Betty, of course, makes an evil glance at Evelyn. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we assume Josie is taken off for medical attention. She is not seen for the rest of the episode. She's no. mentioned, but yeah. Betty and Jughead are talking about uh, the seizures mm -hmm. and how they happen and how Evelyn was always present. Betty's catching him up on the fact that the warden's dead. So like, okay, he can't be the gargoyle king. But they're looking in some yearbooks and they're like, hey, the warden was the RROTC instructor when the Midnight Club was happening. 25 exact years ago. Our parents keep hiding stuff. <laughs> they said they did not know him. Uh, and so he's like, okay, well, you got to look into that. I got to go to the serpents because they're trying to find Joaquin. And uh, so he does. He goes to the tent city. Which is being trashed by the cops. Which we learn in a really out of place ADR line that's covering a very obviously cut scene. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like all, all we see is somebody putting a couch back and a quick shot of the sheriff driving away as uh, uh, Sweet Pea says from off screen and film from behind. Just that. The, the Sheriff Manetta yeah. wrecked the place. Jughead, Fang, Sweet Pea are there. And I'm like, okay, so the warden playing G G and G with someone or for someone. Joaquin was running with a new gang. Mm-hmm. Gotta figure out what's going on. We gotta find Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Uh meanwhile, Kevin uh went to the sex hole and brought Archie a burger. Is the sex hole the name of the really disastrous uh gay club he mentioned in chapter one? It would be a disastrous name. Like, you're not going to get that in the yellow pages. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin takes a look at Archie's wound mm -hmm. and is like, oh, yeah, that's fucking infected. Yeah. He's, he crawled through sewage. You saw yep. the pipe. I'm like, this was going to happen. I'm surprised it actually doesn't look worse. And you don't have gangrene yet. It should have developed teeth and hair and a rudimentary form of language. That's how infected it should be. So Kevin gets in touch with Betty. Who has a plan? Archie can see a doctor, but we gotta bring small bills. <laughs> Betty can't be present for this because she has to go to the speakeasy where she has uh, sent paper invitations to all the parents mm -hmm. to, of the Midnight Club to come meet there. The, the entire Midnight Club has gotten invitations signed from the Gargoyle King and mm -hmm. it made them all show. 
Yes. Uh, and all, all of them are there, including Reggie's dad. We know that he is alive. Yes. Uh, we see what he looks like. He gets a line or two. Uh, he definitely denies beating up Reggie. and That's the line or two. <laughs> all I can think, though, is I'm like, Reggie could totally fuck you up. <laughs> so bad. You are a not intimidating man. No, no, but he has that much respect for his death. You know, cycles of abuse. It's yeah. It's more psychological than physical. Far, far more. It's just not what I was expecting <laughs> at all for right. his dad to look like. I think Archie and Fred would be a pretty even fight. I was expecting... Fred's canny. He's got experience. I was expecting Reggie's dad to look like The Rock. Well, he did as not, a teen. Not like the host of Iron Chef. <laughs> He looks a little bit like the chairman. (laughs) A little bit. It's like the suit and the posture. Mm -hmm. And I was like... But like the American chairman. Yes, the American chairman. He's going to send people off to to battle Bobby Flay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you got to go beat up Bobby Flay, not I'm going to beat up my son. (laughs) He could probably beat up Bobby Flay. Yeah, he could. Bobby Flay's a little I really wish that's what Beat Bobby Flay was about and not cooking. Yeah, I believe he could beat Bobby Flay. I do not believe that he could beat up Charles Milton. Beat Bobby Flay with a tire iron. I'd watch that. (laughs) But yeah, so just not what I was expecting. But it was nice to know that Reggie's abusive father, I guess we see him and know, oh, you bad person. While uh, Betty's line of inquiry goes round and around, we also get... Near confirmation that uh, Attorney McCoy's legal name is Attorney McCoy. Yes. No one says anything else. No one says anything else. She's no longer Sierra. So, so of course, like, it's like someone's here is a murderer. And Hermione's all like, Alice, you said you never speak about this. And you told your children. Who else have you told? The kids are playing. Mm-hmm. This isn't like, you say you don't want to talk about it so you can keep them safe. But you're not keeping them safe because everyone's playing it. Everyone but Betty who heard the story. Yes. Which is a good point. Yes. But I, I do want to point out that we know uh, Alice told the farm, the farmies. Yes. She does not cop to that in the speakeasy no. meeting. Betty brings up the dead warden and how he was the R-R-O-T-C the instructor. The yes. instructor. Like, did he play with you guys? Keller's like, well, he confiscated the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she tries to to hound Mr. Lodge, and he's all like, it's none of your business. I don't truck with that nonsense. FP's point is that who knows anything about anything? You can't trust anything somebody remembers. They're all high off their asses, hallucinating gargoyles. And this makes Alice go, wait, you saw him too? What? But then we are cut off. Because uh, Penelope uh, gets accused mm-hmm. because she, you know, is definitely grow- growing poison in her greenhouse. And the GM prepares all the stuff, including the poisoned flavor aid. She's all like, you don't grow cyanide, you idiot. <laughs> uh, but she she does say it was Daryl Doily. Uh, they were both GMs and he was in love with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and who wouldn't be? He wanted them to ascend together, so he... You know, prepared two cups, but she said no. Uh, and he just left the cups lying yeah. around like a moron. Uh, and years later, he apparently came back to her, but she refused him. As they were both married. And uh, the next day, he was found dead in his running car in the garage. 
Bum, bum, bum. Betty's like, okay, fine, but that doesn't explain who the Gargoyle King is now. <laughs> she says that that's her objection, but I think she's just like, really? Another killer parent? Really? Yeah. That's so unsatisfying. She also mentions like, I saw him, Jughead saw him, and FP's all like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, the boy's going to be the death of me, and he just storms out. That's going to be some awful foreshadowing someday. <laughs> Uh, so Jughead's at the trailer, he, he's on the phone with Fangs, who, who says that they're on to Joaquin, he's like, okay, get him, and just as F, or just as Jughead's about to leave, FP comes in and grabs him and handcuffs him to the fridge. Jughead's favorite place in the world, it's I not mean, really much like of a punishment. the best place to be handcuffed, I suppose. <laughs> Um, either that or the bathroom so you can pee. That's I don't know. true. That's true. I'm, it does have a hinge, so you've got a few extra feet of mobility compared yeah. to, say, a radiator or anything like that. Um, but FP goes off at him about how he's addicted to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's acting like a junkie and he needs to sober up. Yeah. <laughs> and quite frankly, Jughead's acting like it during this entire scene. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sniffing going on. I'm like, you're not like huffing the game. It's that they, they don't print it on paper like that anymore. It's those gotta, old inks. Gotta, gotta breathe f- in all that dust. <sighs> and and dust mites. Four colored dot printing. Oh yeah. I, I It's all that lead paint on the dye. I do appreciate uh, FP's attempt to turn his son into a good father by <laughs> by uh, uh, capturing him. Yeah, putting him in jail. <laughs> House jail. This is how the Jones people be good people. Yeah. <laughs> we all have to be in prison somehow. Maybe he thinks Betty's pregnant and he's just got to get off on the right foot. Well, of course, uh, Jughead's also like, no. No, I'm not addicted. I just need to find him so I can ascend. <laughs> and FP's like, fucking sober up. I'm leaving. Yeah. You can GM a game while handcuffed to your refrigerator. <laughs> I know. I was like. I would not recommend it. I feel like if anything, you should be like gagged or something so he can't talk. What you need to do is you need to get uh, Fangs and Sweet Pea, Tony and Cheryl and handcuff them to their refrigerators. And so none of them so- can cofrigerate yeah and also take their phones away they, they could do like a skype thing oh man just, <laughs> just tweet the game yeah yeah that would take a long time only so many characters that, there's a reason play by post fall apart every single time yeah kevin meanwhile has taken archie to the morgue mm-hmm. because little morgue boy coroner jr yeah coroner jr uh is gonna cl- is cleaning up his wound has some antibiotics. Why? It seems with his usual, shall we say, patience, it's a bit too late for that. Because <laughs> he does a lot of under-the-table stuff. That makes sense. Uh, and, of course, Kevin has come through with the small bills, mm-hmm. so it's all good. Kevin's like, okay, let's go back to the sex hole. And Archie's like, no, I gotta go find them. Help me find the Shadow Lake boys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Veronica's gonna freaking kill me if i don't <laughs> get you back go ahead i i do love archie's uh uh costume that his, he puts on his, his disguise his baseball hat his baseball hat and dark hoodie and jeans because it is exactly what captain america wears when he's like in hiding yes yes it is <laughs> it's chris evans in the winter soldier yeah 
Yeah. Oh, can we talk about Casey Affleck's arms? Oh, we should probably take talk about Casey Cott's arms instead. Did I say Affleck? Yes. I did. Can we talk about Casey Cott's arms? They're big. They're amazing. That boy has been working out. Let's talk about Colin Hanks's arms now. Why? I don't know. I just like him. So, meanwhile, Veronica's chilling on her bed watching uh, some prison cell videos. Yeah, yeah. The uh, interrogation video of Sheriff Minetta across the table from one of these uh, soggy bottom boys. (laughs) Shadow Lake boys. That's the one. And she realizes it's been edited because full cup of coffee, empty cup of coffee. Full cup of coffee, empty cup of coffee. If we're supposed to pay attention to this sort of continuity while watching Riverdale, (laughs) we'll never see Jughead eat another burger again. (laughs) Those are the sacrifices you have to make. Uh, So she's all like, ooh, I gotta find this footage. Meanwhile, Mr. Lodge is all like, things are not looking good. Mm -hmm. Gotta call someone to take care of the stuff at Shadow Lake. Mm-hmm. Permanently, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. we, you know, go murder people. That's what that means. Uh, so Betty goes to the trailer, yes, and finds Jughead still handcuffed, but it looks like he got a snack out of the fridge. What else is he gonna do? And he's all like, "You got that trusty bobby pin?" And she looks at him like, "Yeah, you fucking idiot." How do you think I keep my hair like this? They're multi-purpose. She she unlocks his handcuffs. They're like, hey, we're going to save these for later, without actually saying that, but you know. <laughs> she still got the wig. Uh, she lets him know about how she, oh, Curdle, Curdle Jr. Yes, Corner Curdle Cor- Jr. Corner Curdle Jr. She called him to, to pull the autopsy report of Father Doyle. Daryl Doyle. Yes, Daryl Doyle. Father of Dilton. Yes. Uh, Husband of Della. <laughs> I don't know. Darla. Darla. Dina. Edina Menzel, yes. Dolores. In a very special appearance. <laughs> and she's like, so I gotta go look at that. And he's like, okay, well, I, I gotta go take care of some Joaquin stuff. Smooch, smooch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kevin and Archie, uh, meanwhile, are leaving the morgue. And Veronica's at the bunker. And she calls and gives Kevin a piece of her mind. Because somebody's not there. And he had one job. One job. Well, you know what? He did a good job because he kept your boyfriend from dying. (laughs) Thank you. So, of course, she wants to talk to Archie. And he's like, okay, going to Shadow Mines. Gotta go find the Shadow Boys. Mm -hmm. She's all like, well, I gotta find some deleted footage. Well, we've all got our to-do lists. Let's, Let's just be on our way. Yes. Archie just throws Kevin's phone back at him. Oh, yeah. Be careful, dude. His dad's unemployed. All right? Be nice. But he's a footballsman. <laughs> he can do that. He was cut from the team. <laughs> I did kind of want his phone, like, him to completely miss and the phone to break. Yeah. Just be like, what the hell, Archie? <laughs> I'm helping you. So they head off to the woods. Kevin's like, what's our plan? What are we doing? Archie, if you sneeze, your guts are going to come pouring out. Come on. But then they freeze because they see Sheriff Meanie Face. Yes. And they're like, what's he doing here? Sheriffing? <laughs> Are you still in the same county? He might be doing his job. I don't think so. I uh, think it's like a different. I guess. 
So meanwhile, Veronica has made her way to the mayor's office, her mama office. Yes, because uh, she knows her dad's ways, and, and Hiram always keeps anything incriminating uh, to use as leverage against his, his business partners. Yes. But he always keeps it at arm's length. So a lot of things uh, are apparently kept on his wife's computer without her knowledge. Yes. She... Uh... Knows her mom, though, and knows that her mother always uses her birthday as the password. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finds the file very easily because it has a... Does it have a Gargoyle King symbol? It does. Yeah. It, it has the symbol that was carved into Archie's flesh. Uh, so she clicks on it, and of course, there's the footage where Sheriff Meanyface is like, we'll give you $10,000 to say it was Archie. Mm-hmm. While uh, drinking an entire cup of coffee, and the Shadow Lake boy is just chanting, Chug, chug, go, go. Ah! Okay, I'll take the money. Yeah. Yeah. So she uploads it into an email. Addressed to Monica Posh? Innocence Project Identity, I've forgotten. Yeah, maybe it's that. Because <laughs> she didn't send it to someone else. Like, she sent it to herself. Yes. At the Monica Posh at uh, unstatedemailprovider.com. So, yeah, it's taking a while to load. Meanwhile, the door is being knocked in, uh, knocked on. And just as soon as it, like, sends, the secretary comes in with the cops. Yes. And some, Veronica some deputy. gets arrested because the secretary is like, well, your parents told me if you ever showed up here again that I was to call the cops. Mm-hmm. She's trespassing. Uh, I I do love Veronica just chanting, come on, internet, come on. Come on! Come on, World Wide Web! It's very, very corny, but also relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing that a lot at work today. Our internet was very slow. See? I also haven't been able to, wasn't able to send emails to people for like 36 hours. How much of your job is that lately? 90%. Great, cool, love it. (laughs) No one, no one else had this problem. It was just me. me just my work email. <laughs> Literally everyone else was fine. I'm sorry, dear. It's very frustrating. I, it sounds very frustrating. I'm frustrated for you. Anyways, Fangs and Sweet Pea have found Joaquin. They have him tied up. And they're like, okay, we found him. And he had this mask on him. Uh, and Jughead just rips into him about, like, why'd you shiv Archie? You know, who are you working for? What's going on? Joaquin uh, says that he's just a pawn, a chess piece, which I really appreciate. Thank you for clarifying that a pawn is a chess piece, Joaquin. Now we're all caught up. He wasn't sure if the other boys knew. (laughs) Joaquin seems like the type of boy that would play chess. They're neck deep in G&G. They're familiar with chess. Are you sure? It's a 8,000 year old game or whatever. <laughs> so Joaquin tells them that, you know, the warden said he had no choice, um, that they don't know what it was like in there, uh, that not only was he a pawn, but the warden was too. Yeah. And that he was receiving these game cards that would tell him what to do and that Archie was marked. Mm hmm. And, and. With a rune that meant sacrifice. Yes. And, you know, Archie had to die. And and Joaquin thinks that Archie is dead, mm-hmm. which Jughead tells him, well, no, he's actually alive. Well, he's not alive for long. <laughs> Means sacrifice. He's not alive for long. No. Joaquin keeps stopping and like, like no, I won't talk anymore. And they keep escalating yeah. the, the, the threats. 
I mean, they have like him. a knife shoved in his face. Yeah, that that's uh, what it gets up to in the end. And it's just like, oh man, Joaquin, you were our brother. And now we're going to cut you. We're going to flay your flesh. And Joaquin's like, I don't want to do this shit. I just didn't want to be locked up. <laughs> I was not in control of my life. And but even that t- took some pressure to get him to say. They're like, you know, we can't, we can't let you go unless you you tell us more, uh, tell us like who was in control. And it's like, well, I only met him once, but it's the man in the black suit, and you know who he is. Mm-hmm. So Jughead goes to Mister Lodge. Yes, for for one of their regular uh, meetups, face to face, just it, checking in. It tells him everything he thinks, and Hiram's just like, well. You've lost your damn mind. It finally <laughs> happened. Knew this after, was going to happen. After being accused of being the Gargoyle King, a mythical figure of evil from a pen and paper role-playing game, uh, Hiram Lodge legitimate businessman's answer is, I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. Followed by, that's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love him. Also, that if Jughead's looking for homicidal parents, he should, you know... Look at his own, Hal, other ones. Hal Cooper, maybe. Mr. Blossom, why don't you? So Mr. Lodge gets a call, and he's all like, I gotta take this. And Jughead leaves, and it's a call from the jail, because his daughter's in jail. So he shows up there, and, and Veronica is all like, well, does mom know what you're hiding? And I asked for a lawyer, just so you know. <laughs> the only lawyer. The only lawyer. Um, but she hasn't actually asked for a lawyer yet. She just plans to, because she's like, I need to talk to Sheriff Meanyface. And he's to, all like... So that he can give her the phone call to talk to the only I'm like, lawyer. I'm pretty sure the other cops can do that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're all refusing. Uh, so Veronica uses her phone call, though, to call Fred. <laughs> and is like, okay, Archie's heading to the mines. The sheriff is doing so, too. Found what I was looking for. Hey, can you call Sheriff or can you call Attorney McCoy for me? Thanks. And I'm like, you just put a lot of pressure on that man. Yeah, He's- you you just hired him. Actually, you you need to pay him a decent wage, Veronica. Don't be like your family. I'm like, you could have called your lawyer mm-hmm. to say, hey, tell him his son is okay. She could, she could, but I feel like. Getting that information to Fred is very, very important and also very, very sensitive. From that point of view, it doesn't make sense to have Fred be the one phone call. It's just still funny. I'm like, you just told him his son's out. You know where he is. He's going to go get him. And also, oh, by the way, can you order me a pizza? (laughs) (laughs) The pizza will get me out of jail. I promise. Uh, So meanwhile, Betty is meeting with Coroner Jr. who The, The mini curdle. Yes. Our cottage cheese man. Yes. And he has the autopsy for Daddy Doily. Yeah, it was part of his dad's private collection, which I'm pretty sure is not a thing you can legally have. Right? Probably. I We should get in an expert on this. That seems like a violation of some kind. But the, the art, autopsy says that it was not carbon monoxide that killed him, because that wasn't, like, in his lungs. Right. Uh, it, he was actually dead beforehand and then placed there which and there was um oleander which is a poisonous plant found in his blood so it was murder disguised as suicide but you know it can't be proven 
because this record shouldn't exist. Secret autopsy, I guess. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But he's like, hmm, who was the sheriff at the time? <gasps> it was Sheriff Keller. Gotta go talk to him. And so she's trying to interrogate him. And he's at like, Pops. At Pops, like you do. The only place to do interrogations. In front of God and everybody. Uh, and he's all like, well, there's only uh, one person who has a greenhouse that grows oleander. Mm-hmm. And you know who that is. Yeah, I, I love that anytime Betty gets in a one-on-one, uh, unless something, you know, interrupts them, they immediately crack now. Because they know it's just it's just easier. Yeah. She's gonna get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but something does happen. He gets his own uh, uh, phone call before any follow-up questions can be asked, and he runs out the door. And we know it's Fred, because he's like, I'm coming. <laughs> That's also what he says to Attorney McCoy. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh my. They they have their own Mario Land. Oh goodness. Uh, so meanwhile, in the mines, uh, that looks an awful lot like the set from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, oh. just redecorated. How many, how different can a hole in the ground look? Different. Okay, but it is incredibly decorated. It is. There are gargoyle king symbols everywhere. The, the runes, a, a giant colored chalk drawing of the, the king resplendent as Archie and Kevin plumb its depths. And then they find some more decorations. Some dead bodies of the Shadow Lake boys. All three of them. Shot in the head, except one who was shot elsewhere and is still moving. And uh, Archie's all like, come on, we gotta get him to the hospital. And Kevin's like, but dude, you can't go to the hospital. He's like, no, <laughs> we gotta do this. I can't have his blood on my hands. I'm like, Only on my jeans. I can only have his blood literally on my hands. And it could be on your hands. It's fine. That is fixed with soap, not any sort of, you know, real important stuff. So now. The moment you've all been dreading. <laughs> Fucking damn it. I am so pissed. <laughs> so, back Jughead. In, back in Riverdale. In at the, the tent, tent city. city. Sweet Pea and Fangs are there, and they're like, someone's sending us a message, and then they rip. There's a tarp over Jughead's lazy boy throne. And under that tarp is Joaquin with blue lips and the sacrifice symbol on his head. And they're like, he's dead. He's dead. And Wa- fuck that shit. Joaquin. Joaquin is no more. He made it 41 chapters. In, well, not quite. He showed up in chapter three first. He made it 39 chapters in. I love Joaquin. I know. I All I want this is show. Joaquin and Kevin to live and grow old together and raise little babies together. I think they'd be corgi people. Maybe corgis. I said babies. They could be little baby corgis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never been so pissed. The Sex Archie podcast is a living testament and now testimony to the power of Joaquin DeSantos. I'm so mad! He will be with us every day of our lives, in our hearts, and and really he reflects our best selves. Uh, the, the world is a lesser place 
without his, his presence, but greater for having his memory. It, it, it just, ah, it bugs me. Okay, we're going to continue on. We'll talk more about it later. Fine. Donations uh, uh, in memory of Joaquin DeSantos can, can be placed with uh, the Trevor Project as uh, were his wishes. Are you done? <laughs> so, Sweet Pea and Fangs are all, uh, who did it? Jughead doesn't know. Jughead's actually very torn up. It He's- could be the ghoulies or these ghoulies. Goblin people. Are they the same people? I don't fucking know. It could be Hiram. Is he behind both of them? I think so. I only know the one, though. Jughead's really struggling. Yeah. To, like, he doesn't know what to say. He wasn't expecting this. He's rudderless. Uh, and then he realizes, wait, that's the sacrifice symbol. I gotta get to Archie. He has the symbol, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, Fred and Sheriff, former Sheriff Keller are in the mines, and they've come across two dead bodies <laughs> and they're like oh, okay archie and kevin didn't get here gotta call this in though mm-hmm. so kevin calls it in but then he finds out that uh the hospital just had someone come in with a gunshot and they're all like who is it i don't know they don't know there's no id oh no it could be archie it, it could, could be, be kevin we gotta go <laughs> uh and so they rush off to the hospital and meanwhile, at the hospital, Kevin and Archie are hiding in a little corner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin seems to be doing, like, the the minimum necessary paperwork and, and FaceTime. But, like, Archie just sat on the floor and no one seems to have noticed him. Or cared. And, like, he's right next to a waiting room. <laughs> yeah. It's so, much less suspicious to so, sit in a regular chair. So Kevin joins him on the floor to, to just chat. Let him know that uh, the Shadow Lake boy died. Mm-hmm. It was too late for him. Uh, Archie, of course, starts blaming himself. Yes. That's all his fault. I mean, they, they know Sheriff Manetta shot the three of them, but it is all Archie's fault, for sure. Kevin tries to remind him that they, they were not innocent. Mm-hmm. He's all like, but they didn't deserve to die. True. You know who didn't deserve to die? Joaquin. Joaquin didn't deserve to die. Very true. So Veronica is with uh, attorney McCoy, who's springing her from jail. Yep. She's all like, I got concrete proof of coercion. Is that enough? And then they like smile at each other. Oh, yeah. We're going to do some law shit. Hell yes. So meanwhile, Betty is meeting with Mama Blossom, who's all like, call me auntie. Okay. Auntie Blossom. <laughs> Who is in uh, uh, the speakeasy. Yes. So I can only assume that she just stayed there after the meeting broke up and waited very patiently for all these hours. Yeah. Betty asks her about the oleander flower. Mm-hmm. Do you grow that in your greenhouse? She has a great answer, which is, yeah, but I would never use it to poison anybody. It's detectable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she also informs Betty that uh, her own mother, so Alice, uh, was the one who reported it as a suicide, the story. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, you should talk to her about why she helped cover it up. Yeah. Betty is back at home and she's like, okay, you covered up a murder, mom. Tell me what you know. And meanwhile, a storm is brewing outside storm and you brewing. know nothing good is going to come from that. Oh, they, they put some jiffy pop on the stove. 
And then the power goes out. Immediately. And then there's a shadow in the background. Yes, it's just so good. It's such a good, like, um, it reminds me of Insidious in a yeah. way. If the, the thing about the horror film Insidious is that first, it has Patrick Wilson in it and is therefore good. Second, it has a lot of jump scares, but all of them are telegraphed. All of them are set up if you're watching carefully. Yeah. And so that's what I think this shot does really well. Uh, Betty and uh, Alice are looking toward us, the viewer, trying to react to some noise while uh, there's a silhouette going by the, the backlit window behind them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, very good. Well, it's the, done so well that you thought there was something else that was actually just like Betty's reflection in the mirror. In the, the mirror but, they have near the front door. Yeah, yeah, but it's like that good that it sets it up that you... You think you're seeing more. Now I'm just jumping at reflections in a mirror that's been there for 40 chapters. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so there's knocking at the door. So they go to the door. There's no one there. And Alice is all like, call the cops. And they turn around and the fucking Gargoyle King is in their living room. Yeah, in full Gargoyle King paraphernalia, baby. And then there's like people trying to come in the front door. which Alice Alice slams it, locks that shit. And then the popcorn explodes, and they run upstairs <laughs> to the bedroom. And I'm wondering where that lit bundle of sage is from way back when in the pilot. Yeah. We could use that right she, now. She needs to run to the store. <laughs> uh, so they run up to Betty's bedroom, and all on her bed is like a gravestone and a skull and Daryl Doily's gravestone. Mm-hmm. Except with uh, his name crossed out in uh, uh, spray paint. And then more names written below, so it simply says, here lies Alice, Betty. Uh, And then the window opens, and they're all ready to attack, but it's FP, who's like, I'm looking for Jughead. (laughs) I tried to get in the front door, but somebody slammed it on me. Alice is like, the Gargoyle King's here, he was downstairs. And FP comforts Alice. Well, staring oddly at Betty. I'd be staring oddly at the headstone. Those weigh like 500 pounds. Right? How did it get on the second floor and no one noticed? So... I think there might be psychoactive drugs involved. Yeah. Or literal magic. Maybe it's in the popcorn. Oh. Oh, there was fire under the babies. Uh It's like a heat-dispersed aerosol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes! It was, it was something like as they're doing it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And that what? That's All why of it... the candles around Ascension Night? Mm hmm. I crack the code. It does mean, though, that, like, I don't know, in the sex bunker with Archie and Veronica, they should be seeing some gargoyle kings while doing it. Not. They had a lot of candles. Not every candle, just any candle. You have to put it in a heat source. Okay. But you have to have it to put. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, at the hospital, Fred and Sheriff, former Sheriff Keller show up, and they're all like, there was a boy brought in, but then Kevin's there, and he's like, it's okay, Dad, I'm fine, and Archie's fine, but he's not here, and he wrote you this note. Let me see it, please! And, uh... That's a bit from Phantom of the Opera. Fred reads it. Mm-hmm. And it looks very sad. It looks very sad. So meanwhile, over at the lodges... Uh, Veronica comes in, and and Mr. Lodge is all like, oh, someone let you out of your cage. And Hermione's like, what the hell are you talking about? 
It's okay, Mom. I've been doing just fine. I've been in jail. <laughs> and your husband left me there. But it's okay. I found the hidden tape on your computer. And I don't know, maybe you'll all go down. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such a wonderful passive aggression in calling him your husband rather than daddy. Yeah. Yeah. We're miles past daddykins. That's never coming back. At the Cooper household, Alice uh, is telling Betty that they aren't safe. They aren't safe in their house. And so Alice is leaving for the farm with Polly and the twins. And Betty's like, fuck that. I ain't going nowhere. And she's like, no, you're not. Uh, Edgar agreed with her that she resist and she, that she should go somewhere else. And so then some uh, people from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy suddenly bust in and grab Betty. She basically gets uh, black bagged. And uh, is told, you know, that the sisters protected her and protected her sister, uh, or protected Alice and, and Polly, and they'll protect her. And it's the best thing. Mm -hmm. I think Alice putting her daughter in uh, the care of the sisters makes perfect sense because she did it already to the other one. Yes. But I do wonder why there is or isn't tension between the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and the farm. Like, you'd think they'd have very incompatible ideologies. Yeah. Or maybe is there just some sort of, like, professional courtesy between cults? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so as Betty gets dragged out, Jughead tries calling her, and Alice ends the call. Just a little boop. Meanwhile... Kevin is with Veronica, letting her know that Archie said he couldn't come back. And she's all like, what are you talking about? He can't be out there alone. We'll know he's not alone. But then a phone call comes and it's Archie calling Veronica. With an extended breakup scene that is, they, they burst into tears. It is, it is touching. It is heartrending. Yes, Veronica's trying to be like, you know, McCoy... Has fixed it. You're a free man. You should just come like home. she promised. He's completely exonerated before homecoming. And he's all like, "Thanks, but I can't. Your father is still out there, and as long as he's out there, and I'm dating you, he's going to come after me and everyone I love. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that. He's doing his martyr thing again, mm -hmm. and he's not taking yes for an answer. I guess. And oh, it, it's all you'd want it to be. The whole like don't don't say goodbye, don't make me say it. I love you, Archie Andrews. Man. Oh, tears, all the tears. After the hang up, I love you, Veronica. Yeah, they they both do a very very good job of it. KJ and, impressed me today. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's his uh dog movie acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, the, the, real, the real acting was uh, uh, having the cameras roll and completely hide your disgust <laughs> at how they treated the dogs on set. Yep. Yeah. A dog's purpose is to be churned up for a Hollywood cash, and it didn't even work. So Kevin embraces Veronica and comforts her. The patented Kevin comfort um, starts with a K. Archie turns away from the phone, and we see that Jughead is there mm -hmm. with two duffels yeah. filled with granola bars and juice boxes. He got the juice box hookup. And 
Uh, that and now they're hobo pals. They're gonna go off. They're standing on railroad tracks. They're walking down, talking with each other. Like, hey, you ever jumped a, uh, a boxcar? Ah, oh, we'll figure it out. Oh, and by the way, Joaquin's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that randomly right now. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was not surprised to see you know Jughead throwing Archie a bag and getting him set up for his life. Uh, uh, riding the rails but when it was clear that they were going together as pals mm-hmm. like that was a surprise that really fits and makes sense to me especially not... after his last scene because he's not going to leave Archie he's not going to he even says like I'm not going to let you out of my sight I'm going to going to do this together mm-hmm. he has to protect him but he can't protect the serpents. He doesn't even know what they're up against. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know right from left when he's dealing with whatever the fuck Joaquin was. Yeah, because he couldn't He couldn't protect Joaquin. But he can take care of Archie. And he's not going to leave his pal in his time of need. Mm-hmm. He's Archie's a very simple boy. He's a simple problem to solve. And that's what Jughead needs right now. Yeah, keep him alive. Yeah. Uh, and is this, he tries calling Betty, which is that scene when she's getting dragged out. Our, our timelines converge. And the song they have playing over this. Mm-hmm. Is it Paladin? Paladin. Yes. Isn't that what they call him? The mm-hmm. Red Paladin? They're playing a song where they just keep singing about the Paladin. Yes. <gasps> Dar- darling, do you know what a Paladin is? Not really. Okay. <laughs> A paladin is a term for like an Arthurian knight, basically. That, that's... Oh, we talked about that in another episode. Uh, oh, maybe when Fred was the same in yeah. uh, the Midnight Club. But yes, it's in in fantasy games. It is a, a class that is based on, you know, plate armor and being extra good at uh, smiting evil and, and the ability to heal wounds because Lancelot did that once. Uh, uh, but at the price of having to uphold a, a strict code of conduct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> Why isn't Hot Dog going on this outing with them? No. Can you imagine if they were walking down those train tracks with their duffels and Hot Dog just tagging along? Would you like a meager attempt at a justification? Hmm. What if Jughead doesn't want to be followed by the serpents, and if he took their dog, he knows they'd come for them? There's that, but who's... Not that we know who's looking out after Hot Dog, because we never see the dog, but like... What what if Jughead is worried that they won't be able to provide for the dog, and because who knows what's on the road ahead? I mean, yeah, but can you imagine that, like, sight? Maybe tomorrow they'll try to settle down. Until tomorrow, they'll just keep moving on. Uh Uh-huh. And then our last scene is Betty at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Mm Mm-hmm. Them telling her that they will make her well and that she's safe there and nothing can hurt her. And then she walks into her art class and everyone is fucking drawing the Gargoyle King. Yeah, there's like a dozen different interpretations. There's wide artistic influence. These Sisters of Quiet Mercy have a fantastic arts program. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so inspiring, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. <laughs> that's the end. That's the no, end. No opening or closing narration. No. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. I always think, though, what if 
either Mayer, who is from the Midnight Club, had shut down the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Right? As they said they would in the Midnight Club. Just do it! <laughs> oh my god, they are, they are totally breaking code mm-hmm. in like 20 bajillion ways. It wouldn't be hard. So darling, what did you think of this episode? I feel like I say if I liked it, you will punch me. I won't punch you. (laughs) Now. Oh, okay. That's good. This seemed more like just doing the plot episode, but but a very good one of those, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's no big surprise, no big revelation, except I suppose that cliffhanger- Wait, what? No big surprise. (laughs) Nothing that fundamentally changed everything. Yes, it did. It changed all my theories. (laughs) All my hopes and dreams. In the beginning of the episode, Joaquin was a pawn of uh, uh, the the warden's G&G cell. At the end, he was a sacrificed pawn of the warden's G&G cell. That's not as revelatory a change as in the beginning, Archie's in jail. In the end, he's got doing a fight club and trying to mount an escape with the other fight clubbers. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'm not going to Mario Land. No. <laughs> but continue. For, for being a, a, you know, nine to five... Uh, keep things rolling episode it it was unified uh far more than many of them are it was uh there there were some notably very pretty shots no uh on the whole um i i liked it much more than most of those within this category you would like to to uh i don't know send some very colorful words to people and maybe bags of human feces Maybe. <laughs> Moki, we have a lot of work to do tonight. For one thing, you're going to have to become human or open the bag. I'm not sure. <laughs> of, of several thoughts. We all know my one thought. Okay? <laughs> we all know. I'm furious. I am so mad. Because mm-hmm. it really seemed like there was going to... We were like, oh, we're finally going to get this moment. I thought, like, Kevin would have to, like, save... Joaquin, or find Joaquin, or they were going to have another moment together, actually, of, like, at least some closure or something. Yeah, there is... Like, does Kevin even know? Uh, I mean, there's there's your chance for post-mortem closure. If the next episode does not actually cover it, I will be... That would be a serious... Absolutely pissed off. That would be a mistake. They have closed off avenues for future possible good. That would be a definite bad. There has to be something with him dealing with it. Yes. Because I feel like it was just so like, oh, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's not just a character that appeared in like one episode. He ha- he was part of like a main character's plot. Yeah. He's he- come and gone. Like it was- <sighs> He's a character that's almost on a level with Kevin himself. As, as far as, like, how integrated into things he's been. Joaquin just, solved the plot of season one. I just feel like it was so, like, brushed aside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, he's dead. Oh, by the way, Archie, he's dead. There has to be more with it. Yes. So that, I'm I'm very upset. Like, I wanted more with Joaquin, but then you better treat this correctly in the next episode because you didn't do it this time. Yeah, yeah. I liked other things happening. I liked L- Betty's little investigations. 
I liked Very her little good. like one on one with her certain characters that she doesn't really interact with. Yeah, Be- Betty going solo and getting a lot of just like FaceTime with with the whole town is is a lot of fun. It's a good dynamic. I I liked like even the the Kevin Archie team up. You don't that really get that. Also great, yeah. You know, there was a lot of putting characters together that don't normally get to be together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it when that happens. If you didn't know what a typical like mid season finale is for Riverdale, with how much crap usually happens, <laughs> you would think this would be a normal television show's mid-season finale yeah the the, it's bizarre because i'm like there's an episode next week the format has completely changed that's perfect cliffhanger opportunity we have an episode though it's weird we have basically set up archie with like that thing in twin peaks where james went on a motorcycle adventure to some milf's house and it was the most boring ass shit yeah yeah uh but maybe it'll be good this time I was just kind of like, wait, are they going to say like no more episodes from the next month or something? Right. We'll see you in January? Because that's what Archie and Jughead walking down the railroad tracks that's and what Betty that being suggests. trapped. Yeah, yeah. Like, it suggests a break. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm kind of like confused. Because <laughs> there's things I liked, there's things I did not like, and then there's things that just has me like, did you not, did you plan for this to happen later? Or, yeah. You know? The two things you mentioned are the things that I am most excited for going forward and that I want them to stick with. Maybe not Betty for so long. Like, I, I want her to, to bust herself out, Agent Olivia Dunham style. Can we please finally, like, shut down the Sisters of Quiet Mercy? That'd be oh, nice. Hopefully in the long term, yes. But I really want Archie and Jughead uh, to be on a road trip for a while. I want them to... I mm-hmm. mean, they could... They have phones. They can interact as much as they like, but I want them to be separated and have their own dynamic, their own adventures before, of course, naturally eventually turning around. Also, I want Archie and Veronica's breakup to stick. Okay. Because what's the point of making that and making it so big if it doesn't matter as soon as he, you know, hitchhikes back to Riverdale. Yeah, we can't get back together within three episodes of it. So I, I guess my uh, final thing is this is an episode I enjoyed that I will retroactively not enjoy if they drop the these things that they set up. That's the thing. The, uh, this entire if, episode... If Joaquin's mourning is not, you know, a, a properly highlighted element yeah. of the future. This entire episode counts on what they do next week. Yeah. <laughs> and the week after, etc. Yeah. Taking away my extreme reaction. This could, though, <laughs> turn into, like, the shittiest episode ever if they don't treat these things right. Yeah. If they don't handle it yeah. the best way. Because it's like you just directed all these things, but if you don't follow through... You know, there's been other things over the seasons where they've rushed it and mm-hmm. we've been like, okay, but you gave us something so good that we can look past it. Mm-hmm. There are certain things here, if you rush it, <laughs> I don't know if I can look past it. <laughs> this might be a make it or break it. You're on notice, Riverdale writers who submitted your scripts months ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Darling, I, th- I think we need to completely switch tracks. Okay. I would like to pose you a question. Okay. This show has has clearly taken a lot of uh, influence from different horror and and thriller uh, uh, subgenres and films. Okay. Over its forty one episodes. Okay. What if it drew inspiration from a completely separate type of storytelling? 
what genre would you like Riverdale to be instead, if only for one episode? I mean, we've already had a musical. Yeah. And that worked out pretty okay. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, can we have, like, a super flashback thing where it's, like, historical time? Historical like, time? Like a would historical you like it to drama? Be, would you like it? Okay. Like, like Puritan like, Riverdale. <laughs> do, you, do you want to see the Downton Abbey uh, treatment? Yes. Of these characters? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I thought you were angling for like a Ken Burns uh, <laughs> uh, documentary pastiche. No, no. I'm thinking like <laughs> Downton Abbey or uh, The Crucible mm-hmm. or... So still a melodrama, but just a very different kind. Yes. Okay. I would love that. I uh, love that very much. Okay. So we watched that like, what was it? The 50s Archie pilot. Yeah. I want to see that, but like with these stories. <laughs> but that type of like, oh, gee, dad. <laughs> it's 1963, but yes. yeah, 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 that. 62, 64, early oh, 60s. Archie. Uh, I was going to say like classic uh, sitcom. Like, three-camera filming with, like, no shadows on these giant sets that they only use the middle of. Yeah. I want a laugh track. Yeah. And I want them to include elements from the uh, uh, 70s and on Archie cartoon. Mm-hmm. I, I want every episode to have, like, a dance party music video in the middle. Uh-huh. And at least one time when they cut back from commercial, it's just a non sequitur sight gag that Jughead is doing mm-hmm. for, for like 20 seconds. Yeah. Yes. I, I thought of that on the bus today, and I really, really want a three-camera sitcom Riverdale to be a future episode. Yeah. I want it so bad, and I think it would fit. Okay, what if they did, though... One of those, like, super dramas where they zoom really close in on the faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, ooh, what, what suits. If, suits. What if they did, like, a 24-style action episode with, like, all shaky cam? Yeah. Very shaky. Cops episode. Because <laughs> Betty and Jughead are going on an investigation with the real cops. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. That episode is a day in the life of Sheriff Mineta. <gasps> Yeah. And, like, he has to do some, like, real sheriffing, and then we get an insight into his relationship with uh, uh, Hiram whenever he calls and, like, distracts him from, like, stopping whatever non-lodge crime there is in this town. Yeah. Yeah. But just think of that one Mr. Robot episode that started, like, Full House, and then Alf was in it. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Riverdale could do that. Yeah. Maybe not with Alf. I don't think they can afford Alf and still pay for all their neon. No. (laughs) Hey, darling, is it time to talk predictions? I can't see the future anymore. (laughs) Well, I can, starting with Daryl Doily, who is not dead. Duh, he's like living in Penelope's closet. That's the greatest secret of this multi-adult conspiracy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why... uh, uh, Dr. Curdle had to go away. Yeah. I think Penelope keeps him in, like, chest, and he only gets to come out for, like, two hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. He's wherever Claudius went. Haven't seen Claudius in a long time. Fishing. They went fishing. (laughs) In Alaska. Yeah. Yes. 
All right, try this one on for size. Okay. Uh, on their travels, Archie and Jughead will find another uh, G&G crew. It, it has metastasized oh. out of Riverdale. That's what motivates them to turn around and go home. Yeah, because that'll be in like a little while. Yeah. Yeah, after they stop off a few places. Like I said about the Red Circle, and we see how that turned out. But Okay, other things that could pull them home. Mm-hmm. He could find out about Betty. Well, yeah, that'd do it. He could have a very, very heartfelt conversation with his dad, <laughs> who just wants him to come home. Dad. What if What if that's when we finally meet Jellybean and Mom, is because oh. they come and FP's all like, boy, you gotta come home. Your mom and sister are here, boy. Jughead, I'm, I'm telling you all of these things uh, that's in my heart. And and I'm caring for you and your well-being. And I'm saying all the right words. And I'm in jail. Because I knocked over a liquor store so I could make this phone call. I feel like we're building up to a bigger hot dad team up. We yeah. got a little hot dad team up. Keller and, yeah. and Fred. Tom and Fred. We now need to have bigger hot dad team up where FP's involved. Okay. What if they all go and break Betty out? <laughs> What if they go to save Betty and they're like, fuck you, Alice, you're wrong. We're going to save her. The flannel crew just drives up with a, a like pickup truck and chains. and shit and just like <laughs> break every door and window of the sisters. They break everyone out. They I mean, just save everyone. Fred knows how to knock a building down. It is his job. Yeah. Yes. They finally shut down that place. Oh, I can't believe this whole time it was the the creepy religious order in town that we already knew about, not the new one. Yeah. That was a good reveal, though. That was very good. It was a very good reveal. Dr. Curdle had his favorite files, but Dr. Curdle Jr. has his own favorite cases. And he has turned Papa Poutine and Small Fry into a Frankenstein, a double tater. Ooh, ooh. Or he has his own, like, mutter museum in the basement <laughs> with, like, their heads. Yeah. 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 As well as the, the remains of Jason. Uh-huh. And the Candyman. Uh-huh. And Svensson. But it's all, like, beautifully designed, just like the mutter museum in Philadelphia with, like, mm-hmm. velvet and And I might very pass tasteful. out in it. Uh, very educational and respectful to the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all criminal-like. And the people who need a lie down if they read the signs too often. Yeah, why don't they have chairs? It's gotta <laughs> happen a lot. They do not have enough benches. The aisles are very narrow. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about the Mutter Museum, check out History Honeys. It's another <laughs> show we do. Specifically our episode called First Hand Philadelphia. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's what we think is going to happen next week. Let's talk about what we know to expect. Chapter 42 airs in seven short days. It is called The Man in Black. This is yet another film reference. Uh, It is a production of Hammer Films in the UK uh, in 1949, adapted from a, a British radio play series. And it was one of Hammer's first steps into horror and thriller stuff. Mm-hmm. Although, as we all know, the first Hammer horror film is the Quatermass Experiment. Obviously. Obviously. I knew that. 
their film adaptation of the television serial. Yeah. So they end up at a farm, Jughead and Archie, Mm -hmm. but not the farm, but a farm. (laughs) And there's a sexy farm girl. There's a lot of farms out there. Archie moves a lot of hay and gets very sweaty. Yes. Betty's stuck in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and a lot of fucking shit is happening. Yeah. That's what we know. That's what we know. That's what we know. I, I should say that uh, the, the plot of The Man in Black does revolve around a freak yoga accident <laughs> leading to someone's death. What did they do? It was the 50s. People didn't know what yoga is. I mean, unless you like fell out of your handstand onto your neck. <laughs> I'm not really sure what you could do. That might that might be it. Like, don't do yoga on the top of the Grand Canyon. TV Guide wrote that the story is drivel. So. Okay. Yeah. We we were also teased that next week will reveal the the Gargoyle King. I don't know how seriously to take that. I think we'll just get close up. Yeah. But do you think we'll know who the man in black was that Joaquin mentioned? I don't know. You think so? I think so. Okay. Because <laughs> it's the name? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll finally meet Edgar Evernever and maybe maybe He's he the is the man in black. black. It could be a serpent. They wear, a, or a ghoulie. They wear a lot of leather. A lot of black and metallics. Yeah. The man in a studded belt in the year 2017. I still believe this is set in the fall of 2017. You can still buy those at Hot Topic. <laughs> Along with a lot of Riverdale merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. You know where they're buying their Letterman jackets. <laughs> <laughs> and serpent patches. Uh-huh. And where Pops gets all his glassware. Yeah. So I guess that's our episode. I hope everyone had a, a good holiday, those of you that celebrated. Yep. And welcome back to a hell of a downer. Yep. Puppy and I need to go have snuggle time. I should have known it was coming. His actor was in a commercial. (laughs) He's moving on to other things. That's the reason that I only drink Dr. Pepper now. Yeah. Because Rob Racco said so. Yeah. Isn't he a football player in the commercial too? He is a uh, uh, football mascot in the commercial. He's a platypus in the commercial. Platypus? Yes. A a Dr. Pepper loving platypus. Aw. If you'd like, we would really appreciate it if you gave us a a rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, or wherever else you found us. You can also tell a friend. Tell those friends. Get them all sad with me. Too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I told someone at uh, my family Thanksgiving gathering. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. So, so hello to Mario. Hello, <laughs> if you're listening. You, you can also keep in touch, uh, send us some questions, uh, see our comments on announcements and such on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Yes, you can. Yeah. Please do. We have fun there. I'm Lena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Granola bars. Juice boxes. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, hold it, please. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me.
break it down, won't you please? 